Welcome back to The Voiceless. I'm Ash. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Christine. Yay! And it is, well, I guess it's not early morning. <laughs> Late-ish morning. Late morning. Mid-morning, mid is that what it's called? Yeah, late morning, because it's 11. I think mid-morning would have been 9. Oh, well, fuck me then. <laughs> <laughs> it is late morning. <laughs> I'm an adult, I swear. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. I Most mean, if not never. <laughs> yeah, okay. So last night at this birthday we were at, it like dawned on me because she turned 21. I'm like, you were born in 2000? Fuck my life. Oh, yeah. I have a cousin. And then one of, one of our friends, he was like, yeah, I have a... 2003 I'm like get the fuck out of my face well have you have you heard that TikTok time where it's just like when you listen to things in the 90s people are now calling it the late 1900s <laughs> oh Jesus Christ what <laughs> ew <laughs> no I have to be like 85 before they start saying that's when I was born get the fuck out of here <laughs> alright come on I was just talking to Brenda about how I'm like isn't it cool that there are people our age and some even older that are now on um, like Reddit and all these other sites, like it's really cool to see. Like it's not all just super young children anymore. Like yeah. it's there's like way more civilized conversations happening online than there have been in the last ten years, which is really nice. Yeah, it's a little stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, intern. Sorry, I'm just fixing my hair. Before. I forgot my hair tie. It's just really frustrating. I only have bobby pins to offer you, and that's not going to be Wow. What a stupid thing. Okay, I found a dress that looks like it could be Wednesday Adams and not watch Oh, Adams. you'd be good as Wednesday Adams. I would. I would actually be able to braid my hair. Okay. It'll like be long enough by then. Native Wednesday and just get, like, the really <laughs> cool... Yeah, you can get, like, the little, you know, like, the little clip, the beaded clips to put in your... Mm. Yeah. Oh, that would be, be cute. Yeah. Regalias. With, like, the, the, the pendant in the middle would be like, fuck off! <laughs> 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 oh, you could cross-stitch a line from the movie! Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Especially the one from... Oh, you could... Uh, <laughs> the line from when they're at summer camp. Oh. Are you wearing leggings underneath? Oh, that's a tattoo. No, that's <laughs> a tattoo. <laughs> you know what was funny? It <laughs> like, just has one of those, like, tattoo sleeves underneath. Was... It's a flower, but it, for a second it looked like a spider web. You know, those fishnets? I'm like, yeah. girl, you went all out for oh. here. <laughs> here I am in my t-shirt and sweatpants. I bought this for $9. Nice. I'm not tall enough to pull off jumpers. They just well, made me look, like, shorter than... I really yeah, I want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. I love how it feels um, like nothing squishes here. Cause like with for me, like I always look at maternity clothes and stuff. I feel like a child. <laughs> I, ADHD. I know. I love it. Um, what was it? There. What, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. <laughs> oh, the maternity clothes. You know the maternity clothes where like they look super adorable, like they're like rompers and like mm -hmm. jumpers and yeah. stuff. I'm like, they look really good on tall women, like tall people. 
but like I feel like if I wore them, I'd just literally look like a fucking troll or like the leprechaun from I Leprechaun. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had three people think that I'm pregnant. Oh, someone asked me if I was pregnant a couple weeks ago. Just fat things. Yeah, yeah. Someone asked me if I was pregnant a couple weeks ago. I was like, are you serious? I know. I'm like, just go. Stop saying this My posture's been bad for a long time. So I've had, even when I was like 105, people are like, it looks like you're pregnant. I'm like, it's just because I don't know how to say it. I feel like it's just my uterus thing. (laughs) Yeah, and also like (laughs) women. (laughs) I remember my I remember my sister in law like she still had a little bit of a belly after um her fourth kid, and then there was like one time. I mean, she's had four children at this point, like right? Like it's gonna be there uh, regardless. Like yeah, I've I've gotten over the fact that I'm not gonna have. I just don't have the genetics for like that really flat tummy unless I, I also to get don't surgery. think any woman does because like I'm you that after we have because yeah you have like your organs there. But what was that it? happens before you have kids? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's how you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like she yeah. she got bloated one <laughs> one month during like before her period and she like started freaking out. She's like. Am I pregnant? Okay. Because, like, it, like, just the way your stomach looks, and she's like, ah. Well, I but mean, yeah. a lot of it could be that diastasis, what, I can't fucking say the, the but also, like, muscle separation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happens to a lot of Because I'm pretty sure I have it, and I just haven't ever fixed it. Yeah. Yeah, and and you can, you can, you, if you do have it, I think that you can get it done with, um, insurance or something, because it's a medical procedure if your abs split like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when, because I know they say if you, like, when you're plank pregnant. or whatever, yeah. if it, like, hangs down, like, right here, yeah, it means, like, there's separation. I'm like, that's pretty much, it all just goes right oh, in the middle. Oh, interesting. I haven't tried that, and I'm too scared. I mean, I'm like, I'll fix it after we're done having children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no point in fixing it now. Yeah, I've always wanted to have two kids, so that's why I'm just like, oh, there's no point in, like, like, I did try the whole keto and the low carb and stuff like that, but when you're breastfeeding, yeah, and you're just trying to survive. I do like <laughs> keto, not necessarily, like, I do lose weight really easily with mm-hmm. it because my body doesn't really like carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, lately, because we've been moving and all that bullshit i've been eating not so great and like more carbs and i just notice i get heartburn a lot yeah like muffins and shit as oh. i'm eating a muffin give me heartburn and it's been like this for years and i remember i went to the doctor once when i was a teenager because i <laughs> i thought i might <laughs> be gluten intolerant and so <laughs> i was like can you test me for celiac because i get heartburn when i eat carbs <laughs> <laughs> And looking back now, I'm like, I get why the doctor was like, "What's are you, are you dumb?" Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did it anyway. <laughs> it was really hard. It's also really hard to work out when you ha- like. I had a picture in my mind of what it was going to be like during my mat leave, and it was nowhere. N- well, during COVID too, it's nowhere near what you think it's going to be like. Oh no! So I thought I'm like, okay, well, when he naps, I can work out. But then you have a baby who doesn't sleep. 
unless he's on you. <laughs> yeah. Or that's like your only chance to like rest. It, for... Exactly. Exactly. Even my pregnancy, I when I first found out I was pregnant, I was like, I'm gonna work out mm-hmm. every day. Blah, yeah. Blah. Four months in, I'm like, I have zero fucking energy to and even the only walk. Thing like, that never mind. Is like... crackers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like half my pregnancy was me being nauseous. And then the other half was me being diabetic. I so lived off of was... those, uh, what the fuck was they called? Those meds they can give you for, uh, Oh, I, d- I, took, the, I took the ginger gravel because I was too worried about taking medications. I mean, now I would have been like, I could have taken the medication and it would have been fine. But oh, I... You always worry with your first kid. You're just going to be like, Ugh. Oh, for me, I was like, just give me whatever the fuck. Am I predicting? And uh, I'm trying to think of what it is because I'm definitely going to probably need it next time around. But yeah, I was on that stuff pretty much until the day I gave birth because I was, if I didn't take it or I ran out, I like all the way through my pregnancy, I was like nauseous. Okay, I guess we should get started. <laughs> we keep just like trailing off. And That's what we do. Let's let people listen to us, I think. I can't wait to start having our episodes out again. Yeah. But, like, our break went by so fast. I'm like, it's fucking almost the end of August already. You were like, you the moved, fuck? You moved provinces. It's gonna go by fast. It's nuts. <laughs> well, you had, you had a nephew. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. (coughs) It was actually like a dry spot in my throat. I wasn't dry heaving into the microphone. (laughs) Not quite yet. My hangover seems to be getting better. That's good. I mean, I may have spoke too soon on that one, but we'll see. I have Advil in my car, so I'll be okay. Um, yeah, so today, I guess I should face the microphone instead of... Uh, the couch. You do you. <laughs> Just face the opposite way. Um, yeah, so we're doing ghosty. Well, not, yeah, I guess ghosty. Spooky hotels today, I guess. Yeah. We're calling it. Is this going to be a new uh, series? Well, we, well, I mean, like, haunted, we haunted places. Just haunted be. places, I think, would be really cool to do. I mean, we all love haunted places. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we did the, the Watcher. Yeah, and that's, like, our highest listened-to episode, which I'm like, cool, but that's not really our brand, but I guess it is now. Yeah. So, yeah, suggestions for creepy places. Voiceless, anyways? I mean, no. I guess, yeah. I mean, I've never encountered We're still in brand. We're still in brand. Yeah. (laughs) Never encountered a ghost before. Well, that's a lie, but I never talked to you. Like, there was one time I was getting ready for, uh this was like this house was just in general like fucking creepy like um me and it was my grandparents and my siblings like we all lived in this house it was on like maple street i think like in the point douglas area but yeah like one time i was getting ready for school and then i heard someone say hello from behind me but like i was looking in a mirror so i just <laughs> no, thank like you. i just like <laughs> i remember like i was like brushing my hair into a ponytail because that's how i wore my hair back then and so i was like doing that and then like i hear this like hello and i'm just like no and then i just like <laughs> fucking booked it downstairs and like there 
my sister's story, Kayleen's story, like, from this uh, house on Maple, too. Like, she, I guess, had woken up and, like, no one was home. And that house was just so weird. Like, one of the bedrooms, like, uh, our bathtub was, like, kind of in, like, this little, like, area in the bedroom, which was just fucking weird. And then, yeah, our sink and our toilet were in, like, a separate little area. It was just so weird. Like, it was, like, a three-bedroom upper area. And then in the basement, there was a shower. And the shower was just, like, fucking creepy. And so I guess Kayleen had gone downstairs in the basement to take a shower. Which, even, like, when she was telling me the story, she's like, I have no idea why I decided to go into that creepy basement. And I guess she had realized she forgot a towel... And then she heard someone walking around upstairs, so she thought her grandpa was home. And so she, like, called out, like, for a towel. And then, like, when she was done her shower, she saw that there was a towel on the chair. But then she saw, like, this, like, figure in the corner of the basement, like, kind of, like, go back, like, walking backwards, like, into the shadows. And then she just, like, grabbed no, the towel and, like, <laughs> ran upstairs. And then, like, my grandpa, like, walked in at that, like, when she went upstairs and... So, like, I mean, at least the ghost brought her a towel. <laughs> I mean, that's nice, but also, no thank you. <laughs> Be like, were you watching me here, in the shower? Here, here, like, here you go. Here you go. You dirty ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, so I... Oh, my phone wants to fucking unlock. Um, I'm covering the Fort Gary Hotel today, which is actually local to us here in Winnipeg. Yeah, once I'm in BC, I'm gonna look up haunted ones over there because I'm sure there's something. And we'll do more in uh, in Winnipeg as well too. Yeah, yeah. I heard the Marlboro or Mar Mar Marlboro. Yeah, that one's apparently pretty haunted. Also. Really? Oh. That one always smells like pee when I walk by it. Well, there's also places downtown where like people used to get hanged. Yeah. Oh, oh like um, um, the prison um, and stuff like that. The one. Near that smoked poutinery on McDermott, mm -hmm. like that big cube thing yeah. there, that's where people used to get hanged back in the day. Holy shit. Yeah. I remember reading about that when I was yeah. looking for haunted places here. Yeah. And apparently that square itself is, like, haunted. And don't we, like, have, like, a police um, museum or some kind of museum that's intertwined with the area? Oh, probably. In this area. I mean, a lot of shit has gone down in this place. That's true. Recently, and it's almost as if like we're living on like these insane like Indian burial grounds or something. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, wild. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so the Fort Gary Hotel is a this is starting off great. It's a really <laughs> nice hotel. Like, oh, it's, it's always gorgeous. fully booked for, like, weddings. And I'm like, oh, I would yeah. love to have, I mean, I'm already married, but I would love to have a wedding there, but it's fucking expensive. We're just, like, a party in general. Like, maybe when we make bank, we can just have a party at the yeah. Fort Gary. That'd be nice. Just hire a DJ. <laughs> Do, like, old school fucking, like... Even hire, like, a choreographer to teach us, like, how to do a dance to, like, the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Um, yeah, so a historic hotel. I guess I should start my sentence over. This is great. I haven't done this in a while. 
10 <laughs> spas also in the Fort Garry Hotel in Macedonia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Fort Garry Hotel is a historic hotel in downtown Winnipeg. It first opened on December 11th, 1913. It was, or it is one of Canada's Grand Railway Hotels and was designated as a National Historic Site of Canada in 1981. Mm. Mm. Fancy. I went there to like eat Santa Claus once. I feel like my grad dinner was there. Well, we probably had food next week. Mine was at the convention center, I want to say. Wow. Ours was, what's that one, what was that club that was at, um, the Canadiens on St. Matthews? Isn't that TYC? Is it? Was it? I don't know. Maybe. The Tijuana, Tijuana Yacht Club. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's like the shittiest place. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I went there like a year, was it? A couple of years ago, it was supposed to be, like, a 90s night, and then, like, all they played was, like, fucking Pony, and, like, I think at one point they had Jimmy Garrett. Jesus Christ. But I'm, like... Of all then, the good music from they, the 90s? And then like, they got mad when you would, like, request Spice Girls or Aqua. It's, like, excuse me, but we're, like, one, three of only ten people dancing right now. Play Aqua, Okay. <laughs> Just kill them. <laughs> uh, a national heritage park connected to the hotel um, and to the remains of Upper Fort Gary was completed in 2017 and 2018. Uh, so the hotel was built between 1911 and 1913 by the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway. It only took two years? Holy. Yeah. Like I'm surprised. Yeah, considering how long has that building by the U of M been in construction? Oh, that, uh, the apartment apartment building? building? I mean, a while, but it also caught on fire a couple years ago. Um, so it is located one block from the railway's Union Station and was the tallest structure in the city when it was completed. Um, like other Canadian railway hotels, it, it, it was constructed in the chateau style, um, which also reflects the French style of hotels prevalent in the eastern United States at the turn of the 20th century. Mm. Also, all of my information is mostly Wikipedia and a couple other things that will all be linked because, you know, copyright issues. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Fort Gary Hotel, uh, is an incredible building, as we have said. Um, it is 12 stories in height and hosts 340 rooms, um, for guests to visit. Each and every single room was constructed with a private bathroom, and this was a rarity during the time that this hotel was constructed, as most hotels had community bathrooms that guests had to share, which sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, you would have to go to, like, a common bathroom to go take a shit. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, I read that. That, like, Fort Gary was one of the first hotels to allow you to have private bathrooms. Yeah. Like, I never even well thought that was, like, <laughs> such a luxury. Like, I'm like, was it, like, 
community showers also or was it like <laughs> well there are places called bathhouses that used to exist right yeah. like Winnipeg were still those has a bathhouse actual like houses where they would just well it was it well bathhouses and and I've never been to one because they've I think they've all been discontinued before we, we entered this life mm-hmm. but they're like they're like it's like a pool right mm-hmm. there's warm water I always thought a bathhouse was like a sexual thing that's well I, I mean that's too. what they are now. Oh, okay. <laughs> First, like, I was like, where did I, like, I think get that thought places from? Places in Europe. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, it also came complete with a ballroom, a musician room, a concert hall, um, and it also had a well, a press, and it had its own bakery. Nothing like, nothing like the smell of fresh baked goods every morning <laughs> like a warm croissant oh, oh so good which reminds me i saw oh donuts has chocolate crullers today Ooh. i mean i'm not a crueler person but like although those ones i got from crumb queen were pretty good i wanted to get some for today but she's on vacation till the end of the month so <laughs> i'm like well there goes that plan um Initially, the new hotel was to be called the Selkirk, um, but was instead named after Upper Fort Gary, which once stood at the junction of the Red and Assiniboine Rivers. Um, The hotel was built at a strategic location on Broadway between Fort and Gary Streets, which I just realized this is like Upper Fort Gary, and one street is called Fort and one is called Gary. Oh, how the fuck did I never realize that before? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like right next to each other. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) I'm not, I am very geographically challenged though, so nothing really surprises me when it comes to direction. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so between Fort and Gary Streets, providing a luxury hotel for railway travelers. Um, It was... The first commercial building to be erected on Broadway and the and <laughs> wow is from Wikipedia. I didn't write this. <laughs> I mean, yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm fine. Same. Uh, yeah. So it was the first commercial building to be erected on Broadway and the only hotel to be built there. I was going to think of another word for erected, but I couldn't. So I'm just going to keep saying it. Exactly. Um, (laughs) The hotel's early prominence led to it having many famous guests, including uh, Nelson Eddy, Harry Belfonte, Belfonte, Charles Lofton, Lawrence Olivier, Liberace, Arthur Fiedler, Louis Armstrong, Gordy Howe, Lester Pearson, and uh, as well as King George, fuck Roman numerals. What is this one? Is that six or five? Four. King George. Oh yeah, that's six. Uh, As well as King George six, the sixth, and Queen Elizabeth, uh, who stayed during their 1939 visit to Canada, which really just adds. To the fact of how old Queen Elizabeth 
<laughs> Bitch, you old. <coughs> you old and racist. Yeah. <laughs> fucking child. Uh, it is a very popular hotel for weddings, banquets, etc. Being fully booked months in advance. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the history. Now we're going to get into some of the ghosts or haunted stories. There's not too many. This is a very short. I tried finding more, but there's really not a lot, which yeah, is annoying. I tried finding more, too. Like, I think it was more word of mouth yeah. than there was, like, Concrete. online. Yeah. Or yeah. even, or we'd have to pay to do, like, the ghost walks or something yeah. like that. But it, with COVID, that don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, what was the show? Paranormal State or something that I used to be obsessed with. And they had a medium on there. His name was Chip Coffee. <laughs> which I'm like, oh please my God. let that be a real name. Because <laughs> that's just brilliant. One of my... But uh, he did ghost tours in the city Sweet. a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, well, a couple years ago. Probably like 15 years ago at this point. But one of the stops was the Fort Gary. And I always wanted to go, but nobody wanted to go with me, so I never went. Lovely. And now I'm like, I'm too much of a little bitch to go on a ghost <laughs> tour now. <laughs> now this thing is gone. <coughs> when you visit. Yeah. Yeah. When COVID's done. Yeah. What a dream that'll be. Decades are over. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, yeah, so pretty much the entire second floor is apparently the, like, haunted floor with room 202 mm. being the most haunted i guess um it is said that a woman committed suicide in the room um shortly after it opened after hearing about her husband's death like he was ran over by a trolley car or whatever they were called because he went to go get her like aspirin or something and on his way back he got hit by one of the cars and he died oh my god and so she hung herself in the closet um but another another version of that story is that the father didn't um approve of the marriage because they were gonna get married and so the father um killed her oh my god that's what, like, these are legends that happen? That's, like, the alleged other the story. ghost of, stories of yeah. the Okay. Um, oh, here we go. I have it. Historians say that a newlywed couple stayed in the hotel in the 1920s, uh, where the husband was killed by a horse-drawn cart when he went to bring headache pills for his wife. And it says she committed suicide in shock. And so it said that, like, the there's a lady ghost that, like, will be seen sitting on the bed, <coughs> on the edge of the bed, like, crying, waiting for her husband to come back. Why is, is it, like... Is he the one in the red dress? It's always fucking crying lady ghost. I know, it's so creepy. It's, ugh, it's um, so sad. It's so sad. Also, I'm sorry. It's a white ball game. But it's... <laughs> it reads me Austin Powers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they... <laughs> or Deadpool when they're being killed by his own like a Zamboni. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I can love you his die from a horse-drawn character? Like, did the horse, like, just straight up just clobber him to death? Or did he, like... That's what I'm thinking, like, like maybe he, like, Because the carriage him. is behind and the horse is in front. You'd, you'd think that you'd hear the horses coming at you. Yeah. You'd think. You're like, was he just... Was he drunk? Was he out of it? Like, I'm just thinking, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the Zamboni! No! <laughs> I am so sorry, guys. I love those Deadpool when he's like, ah, I'm gonna run you over with the Zamboni. <laughs> I love Deadpool. I gotta watch that again. Um, it's such a great movie. Yeah, so... Where was I? Um, oh, yeah. So it is disputed that she hung herself in the closet and her ghost waits on the bed for her beloved to return. Um, another tale is of an Ontario Liberal MP, um, Brenda Chamberlain. She felt the presence in her bed twice, which I'm like, once is one too many times. <laughs> um, a lady named Lady McMillan, dressed in a white lace gown and um, stayed in the Fort Gary uh, Room 202 on December 10th, 1913 on its opening day. Um, and that is all there is about that lady. But yeah, like they'll see a ghost in a white dress just like chilling. Chillin'. Oh my god, you know, it'd be a fucking hilarious prank is if I like got dressed up in a white lace gown and just like walked through the Fort Gary Hotel. We could like, all do it. All alone. That would be And amazing. just like ignored people if they started talking to you. Yeah. Get, like, the contacts that, like, blur out your eyes or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Be hilarious. <coughs> my entire life. Um, so another... She says entire voice. <laughs> another tale is, um... The... I don't know if she's still the present owner, because this hasn't been updated in a while, but Ida Aldo, um... When she lived in the hotel with her husband, apparently after a fight, um, she once woke up at midnight to see him enter the room and sit on the bed, but then when she turned around to talk to him, he was gone. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't actually him. So, like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> well, I hate those, like, in movies when, like, you... What was it? I think it's in that movie, Aftermath, too, where, like, there's a scene where... Sean Ashmore's character gets up to go check something, and then, like, when he comes back into the room, Ashley Green is like, did you just, like, like, go to the bathroom? And he's like, what? No. And she's like, someone just, like, walked past me and walked into the bathroom. <laughs> so, like, that kind of thing would be like, ah, Yeah. No, no thank you. you. Ah. No, just like forever like i literally am just that like gif of the possum screaming because i'm just like constantly like ah. <laughs> uh so i keep losing my spot um on one specific incident in 1989 an employee of the hotel was cleaning the kitchen at night and he heard unusual voices coming from the dining room that was locked and there was nobody in there um, he quickly ran to grab the key, and on opening the door, he saw what appeared to be a figure of a man sitting at a table. Um, he ran to get a member of the staff right away to show 
what he had just witnessed. Um, but when they came back, the ghost was gone. Of course. Of course. I love the, um, like, memes and stuff where it's, like, modern day ghosts. <laughs> like, could you imagine some, like, millennial? <laughs> yeah, like, a millennial ghost being, like... Hey, yo, you broke as fuck, bitch. Like, <laughs> what's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, boo, I'm a ghost. <laughs> uh, there's a report that claims um, there was a security guard working one day that found ten candles in the shape of a star on the floor in the ballroom um, on a night where there was no event. And I'm like, was this a star or what? Like pentagram, yeah. Star of David. Like we need to be more specific, yeah. but yeah, I I couldn't find anything else on that. Um, yeah, so I think this is this is either the lady whose husband got somehow ran over by a horse-drawn cart, or another widow. But the presence of a young widow is often felt. And guests have been sometimes disturbed by a presence that moans, whispers, or crawls in bed beside them. And I want zero part of all of that. Yeah, and, like, sometimes at night when I'm, like, going to bed, I'll, like, put a, uh, like, my body pillow up against my back just to be, like, the spot's taken, ghost bitch. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes no you, like, room. to make moaning noises as you crawl <laughs> into bed. No, or do you uh. ever? <laughs> I mean, not too. But do you guys, did you ever, like, as kids also, like, kind of test yourself to, like, do, like, training if, like, hiding under your blanket? Yeah. And yeah. trying to, like, slow your breathing down? Yeah. So you're just, yeah. like, you try to act all, yeah. like, flat. Yeah. Or if you can, like, try and make sure that you, like, do sound quiet if someone tried to kidnap you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe quiet. <laughs> yeah, you'd, like, watch your chest be, like. childhood was fine <laughs> or like i love those robert pattinson memes it's like me pretending like closing my eyes while driving in the car and pretending like to know where i am or something oh, like yeah. yeah um there's also been reports of um staff seeing blood trickling down the walls which sounds lovely um, and a ghostly woman, a ghostly woman who asks for water and then vanishes. <laughs> She's like, "Just kidding, <laughs> I'm a ghost. I don't need water. <laughs> I'm eternally hydrated." I could do that. Just go up to someone. Can I get a glass of water? And then just like pee. <laughs> just like duck down when they come back. <laughs> <laughs> what? If I under the table. Or like a, I'm wear, a ghost. Like, <laughs> wear wear sneakers <laughs> and just lift up the dress and run away. <laughs> uh, the last little bit I have on here is. Uh, there was a young boy who was on a trip with his family, organized by Make-A-Wish, um, who wanted to stay in room 202. He was fascinated with the whole thing and decided to take some pictures of the room with his film camera, which made me giggle, because I'm like, <laughs> a film camera? <laughs> it's like one of those, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, little, I think the, like so. his little Kodak. 
<laughs> After getting the photos developed a few months later, all the photos from the trip turned out, except for the ones in and around room 202. Whoa. Apparently, the boy was thrilled, believing the ghosts in the room were just camera shy and didn't want to be Aww. seen. <laughs> and that's all there is on the Fort Gary Hotel. Do you, but, yeah. you think there'd be more? Do you with think? all the stories that we grew up listening to. Right? Like I think everyone... they just weren't documented. It was just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to stay sad? Are you trying to like we can bombard you with our ideas? I have like my tea thing. It's hard. Um, I can't remember. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. I like uh in um my like Elena actually sent me a picture. Someone did a bunch of uh, beaded like ghost earrings. <gasps> so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bead some ghost earrings. Here's some chick at the uh, trading post. Her name is Chelsea. I love her. Um. She showed me a picture of, uh, of, um, some, like, a naked woman's body as, like, earrings. I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. I like it. I love awesome. beaded jewelry. I'm gonna try to make, um, I, f- I found a pattern for, like, peacock feather beaded Ooh. earrings. And then I am going to also make a bracelet. I got, I have some virtual assistant jobs. I got a logo design coming up, and then I also have business cards, and uh, my, one of my old clients asked me to do work, so once I get all that done, then I'll probably start doing another beading project. Oh, and people want to buy my Yoda earrings, so. Oh, So cool. I'm super excited about stuff like that as well. So I need to get you a set. You have to give me your address when we go, so I can get I you a set. I can do that for you. Yeah. All right, who wants to hear about the secret hotel? Me! Okay. Hotel Cecil. <laughs> hotel Cecil. Yeah, I is like, it Cecil or Cecil? I think it's Cecil. Uh, Cecil sounds funny. I love, uh, did you watch the Netflix? I try, I don't, I tried getting it on a thing that I watched, but I don't have Netflix, so. People, okay, people were, like, so, I feel like there were memes about the lady, like, the manager of the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, she, how many fucking deaths did that woman have to deal with? Yeah. So many. Like, she is. She's probably just, like, emotionally dead to it at this point. She probably, like, like, I just, like, I can't imagine, she probably has a prescription for, like, poison. Because, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like people who, like, you know, like, people in general are just like, oh, yeah, that person, like, acts really weird. It's like, I highly doubt someone can fucking sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, normally, after everything like that. I feel like I'd be fine. I know that sounds really weird and hopeful, but, I mean, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That was just making me think, like, uh. I was, when I was in Brandon for my grandma's funeral this week, like, we were talking to my grandfather and he was saying how he got, uh, sleeping pills the other day to help him sleep. And then I was just thinking, I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed my grandma didn't come visit me after she passed, but, you know, that's cool. I'm like, as long as she's happy and good where she is, I guess that's what matters, but... Yeah, I know. I mean, as a Catholic woman, I'm like, I don't know if she's, like, into ghosts or, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've had some ghost, story, ghost stories in, like, in the, the CFS homes I worked at, and and I had some when I was a kid, but uh, they're always... Some of them are just, like, chill. I've mm-hmm. only had maybe 
two two occurrences where it was like yo bad vibes bad vibes I've had one bad vibe and one like like please don't do that ever again yeah like one was spoopy <laughs> like eh and then the other one was just like something was screaming in my head to get out and I was like <laughs> don't gotta tell me twice oh <laughs> yeah. mine was like I woke up with like big long scratch down my back Holy it only happened once, so I'm like, that's probably fine. So and then the other one, activity bitch in my house. Uh, <laughs> brain shit with you. <laughs> well, that was like, I was probably like 12 or something oh. at that point, so I'm assuming it's fine. Um, that was up north too, but uh, yeah, the other one was after my grandma, my dad's side cat, no, my stepdad's, my dad's, yeah. Uh. I felt somebody in the middle of the night, like, tickling my feet, which I'm like, I mean, she used to do that to me, but I'm like, can we not do that? That is, okay, no, I, I that don't is, like people touching my feet. That is definitely one of those things I, like, I don't know, my head just comes up with really weird shit to, like, be afraid of sometimes, so it's like, oh, what if, like, there was a ghost or, like, a clown at your feet fucking tickling you? It's like be like, yeah, that's that's Think fucking that's cool that 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 Thanks, you're brain. coming up with that right now. <laughs> oh. You're so creative. We'll have to do an episode all on um our ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the Cecil was built in 1924 by three hoteliers. Hoteliers? Hoteliers? God damn it! Why does that keep playing? Okay, <laughs> but real quick, this is funny. My mom posted it on Facebook. When you plug something in, it just turns on that sound. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) So, the Cecil was built in 1924 by three hotelers, uh, William Banks Tanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Schock, as a destination for business travelers and tourists. Designed by Lloyd Peter Lesser Smith in a beau art style, and constructed by W.W. Patton, the hotel cost $1.5 million to complete and boasted an opulent marble lobby with stained glass windows, potted palms, and alabaster statuary. Um, the three hotelers invested about $2.5 million into this enterprise, with the knowledge that several sm- uh, similar hotels had been established elsewhere downtown, but within five years of its opening, the United States sank into the Great Depression. Although the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination throughout the 1940s, the decades beyond saw the hotel decline, as the nearby area known as Skid Row became increasingly populated. In fact, as many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius. Jesus. Putting so much money into a hotel. And then, yeah. Like, I remember seeing that in the documentary, and I'm like, this is so fucking sad. Yeah. There's so much money, especially in Los Angeles, but it's like... Yeah, and those poor you people. couldn't do anything yeah. good with all of that money. Like, the fuck. So I've read that when the prices of the hotel went down to remain operational, it opened its doors to sex workers, drug dealers, drug users, and serial killers. It was described that at the that the hotel at the time was a lawless place, and that one that one that was so chaotic, serial killers felt comfortable calling it home. It was known that the bottom two floors were for long term tenants. 
and then floors four, four, six, and seven were for like youth hostels. So like mm-hmm. Elisa Lamb, I believe, was staying on room f- uh, five. No, sorry, four two seven were her youth hostels. And uh, Kenneth Givens, a former long-term resident, stated in the vanishing, like the Netflix documents you guys are talking about, mm-hmm. back in the eighties, I would never go farther than the sixth floor. Usually, the higher the floors of the Cecil, people used to get killed up in there. Once they got a guy in the room, they would rob him, beat him up, and throw him out the window. So if you didn't watch yourself, he might come flying out the window with no wings. And then he also said, it's one of those, one of these hotels that's well known for this type of, of crime. The Cecil Hotel is where serial killers, you know, let their hair down. And then uh, that's what Kim Cooper said, who is an author and a Los Angeles true crime uh, tour guide. Um... She said that one was a figure who stayed upstairs on the 14th floor and was paying $14 a night for his room. And he was the person that liked to scare, torture, torment, kill, rape human beings. And which was Richard Ramirez, which is the Night Stalker. Mm -hmm. And although he never brought any of his victims back to the hotel, it was just simply a place for him to go and hide out, basically, for the for the night. Mm-hmm. But damn, $14 a night? <laughs> <laughs> well, Fuck, yeah. Man. Like, well, they had to be competitive to keep even open to get anything back, yeah. right? So, on at least one occasion, he had actually removed someone's eyes as his human trophies, and then after committing some of the most brutal murders that happened in Southern California ever, he would come back to the Cecil. In the middle of the night, he would be in the back alley covered in, blo- in blood, taking off his clothing, and then he would just go into the hotel and no one would even bat an eye that he was in his underwear like blood-stained underwear oh going God. into the hotel into his room and people were like that's normal yeah that's cool yeah fuck? yeah i mean he wasn't even caught until like people kind of just noticed him on the street because we thought he was invincible his, right? the story of his capture is like one of my favorite fucking things. yeah they're like, just like you ain't going nowhere yeah like the whole neighborhood just like banded together was like you need to sit the fuck down well he like, apparently killed a, a family and their eight-year-old son i was like that is i mean serial killers are garbage but when you start killing children yeah that's skews you but yeah richard ramirez is a real fuckhead yeah Another serial killer that used to, like a known serial killer that used to live there, um, was uh, Jack Unterweger, Wedger, Unterweger, (laughs) an international serial killer, and he lived and killed at the Cecil in the early 90s. So he was convicted and sentenced to life after strangling an 18-year-old woman with her own bra, and then, um, hold on, I actually have more information on him, nope, that's all right there, sweet, I did do a good job. (laughs) Anyways, um, while he was in prison, he was a model prisoner, wrote stories and and poems which led him to his parole. In fact, I think uh, what I heard somewhere was that, um, people in Austria actually signed a, like, got a, like, a petition or something together to get him out of prison. He strangled an 18-year-old German woman with her own bra. Got life in prison. But let's let him out. Yeah. Because he writes poetry and is a model prisoner. Aren't they all? Yep. God damn it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pillar of our society. <laughs> After his release, he moved to Prague, uh, to, sorry, to Prague, to study in its red light district. So, uh, Blanka Bakova, a Czech sex worker, was strangled with her underwear. Seven other prostitutes later died the same way in Austria over the next six months. Uncaught, obviously. Unterweger headed for um la to further study the red light district with claims he even rode with lapd to be given an official tour of the downtown area 
These dudes always make friends with the cops, and I'm like... I say something good for them. You guys are a great judge of character. Mm, so good. So good. Yeah, like, with all the serial killers that we... That had, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, and they're just like, And, well, uh... <laughs> what the fuck? Uh... Gacy? Ed... Uh, no, no, not Gacy. No, uh... Fuck... Uh, Edward Kemper. Yeah, yeah, He was, yeah, like... Yeah best buds with the police force yeah and wasn't like, yeah oh and ed gein was like a babysitter for everyone's kids too I mean, yeah oh gross anyways yeah. during his stay in la where he set up at the pizza hotel three sex workers shannon exley irene rodriguez and peggy jean, jean booth were strangled with their bras in a signature knot flavored by underwager there have been rumored to be about 80 deaths, but I could only find 18 that actually had names. So, let's go through them, why don't we? So, January 22nd, 1927, on the evening, uh, Percy Orman Cook shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reunite with his wife and child. Although the Times reported that he was rushed to the receiving hospital with a slim chance of survival, death records revealed that he died that same evening. That's sad. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what, four years later, 1931 in November, um, W.K. Norton, uh, was found dead in his room after ingesting, ingesting poison capsules. A week later, he had, uh, sorry, a week prior, he had checked into the pizza hotel under the name, uh, James Willis from Chicago. Um, a year later, so 1932 in September, a maid found, uh, Benjamin Dodich, um, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, and he did not leave a suicide note. July 1934, uh, a former Me Army Medical Corps Sergeant uh, Borden was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his own throat with a razor. Mm. Borden left several notes, one of, its, one of which cited poor health as the reason for his suicide. Um, Grace E. Margro, or sorry, Magro, in March 1937, so three years later, um, fell from a ninth-story window. Her fall was broken by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body. Oh. She later died at the now-demolished uh, Georgia Street Receiving Hospital. Police were unable to determine whether Margot's death was the result of an accident or a suicide. Either a way, year, that's horrific. Yeah, a year later, um, in January, uh, sorry, even just a couple months later, basically. Oh, no, March is not. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a little earlier. United States Marine Corps Fireman Thompson jumped from Cecil's top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. He had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks, so he was one of those long-term um, people. So, long-term. I don't know if that's... If you're on the bottom floor, so he actually went up. Yeah. It wasn't just him just sitting in his room just for, like, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm not drinking. <laughs> uh, a year later... Navy officer Niblett was found dead in his room after ingesting poison. Um, so that's Erwin C. Niblett. Niblett? Niblett? Butchering these people. Uh, a year later, January 1940, uh, teacher uh, Dorothy Seeger ingested poison while staying at the Cecil and was reported by the Los Angeles Times to be quote-unquote near death. No further reports were published about her condition. Her death is listed at um, is listed as Jan January 12th, 1940, from findadeath.com. Cool. <laughs> Four years later, in September, Purcell was sharing a room with Cecil with her boyfriend. Oh, this one's a dark one. 
um, uh, shoe salesman Ben Levine uh, for folks who had apparently been unaware that she was pregnant when she went to labor. Um, she was unaware that she was pregnant when she went to labor. She later testified that she did not want to distract her, sleep, the, the, her sleeping boyfriend, so she went to the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby boy. Thinking the baby was dead, she threw him out the window and he landed on the roof of the adjacent building. Oh my god. Purcell was charged with murder and then three psychiatrists testified that she was quote-unquote mentally confused at the time of the incident. In, uh, in January 1945, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. I can't. I can't. I November 1947, Smith died after, uh, Robert Smith died after jumping out from one of Cecil's seventh floor windows. October 22nd, 1954, um, San Francisco stationery firm employed Helen Gurney, uh, firm employee, uh, Helen Gurney jumped from the window of her seventh floor room and landed on top of Cecil's marquee. One week prior, she had registered at the hotel under the name Margaret Brown. Also, I'm like, the fact that back in the day you could, like, just give a random fucking name at a hotel. Yeah. Now it's like it has to match your visa and, like. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I feel like some of the, some of the people who cha- who went in there with a different name, I think, was trying to make sure that no one found out where they were going. Yeah. And usually that's either to, A, have an affair, B, get drugs, C, do some other shady shit, or what's the third letter? D? <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, uh, commit suicide. I mean, if I didn't want my family knowing where I was, I'd change my name. Yeah. Yep. Also, we were talking about this yesterday, because the party I was at was at uh, the Hyatt House Hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember how we got on the topic. Oh, because they were talking about smoking a joint, and I was like, well, you're going to have to go downstairs to do it. And they're like, oh, just open the window. I'm like... You can't open hotel windows anymore. They're like, why not? I'm like, because people fucking die. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, hello. How do you not know that? <laughs> and then one of the girls, she's like, she has a true crime podcast. Obviously she knows. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And for also, you, you also don't have to be all that intelligent to <laughs> put two and two together. To yeah. Talk. I mean, yeah, it would be great if you could open, like, just, like, crack a window. But, mm. like, <laughs> I get why. Well, mm. maybe I should. I'm looking at these, like, charms. I mean, they have, like, calories. Oh. So, mm-hmm. back to death, though. <laughs> February 11th. 1962, uh, Julia Frances Moore jumped from her window off of the 8th floor room and landed on the second story interior light well. She did not res- she did not leave a suicide note. Among her possessions were a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents and change, and an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800. Uh, I feel like that one was a murderer. Um, October, <laughs> October 12, 1962, same year. Um, Pauline Otten, Oten, Oten, sorry, a jump from the from the window of her ninth floor window a- after an argument with her estranged husband Dewey. He had left the room prior to Otten's suicide. Otten landed on a on a pedestrian, Gianni, killing him both, killing them both instantly. Jesus As there were no witnesses, police initially thought Otten and Gianni committed suicide together. However, it was soon determined that Gianni had his hands in his pocket at the time of his death, and he was still wearing shoes. 
Had he jumped, his shoes would have likely fallen off during the fall or upon impact, and his hands would not have been in his pockets. June 4th, 1964, a hotel worker discovered Osgood, a retired telephone operator, so her name was like Pigeon Goldie Osgood, um, dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was uh, ransacked. Osgood was well known around the area and had had earned her nickname uh, because she fed the birds nearby, um, Pershing Square. Near her, near her body was the Los Angeles Dodgers cap she always wore and a paper sack full of bird seed. Hours after her murder, Ellinger was seen walking through Pershing Square in a blood-stained clothing. She was arrested and charged with Osgood's murder, but was later cleared of the crimes. Their murder remains unsolved. Uh, I mean, blood-stained clothing, and he gets let off. Yeah. And then, nothing was documented for, like, 11 years, so, like, December 20th, 1975... A still unidentified woman jumped from her 12th floor window onto Cecil's second floor roof. She had registered at the hotel at, in December on December 16th under the name Allison Lowell and was staying in room 327. Uh, and then nothing happened, quote-unquote, until 1992, um, September. The body of an African-American man was found in the alley behind the Cecil. Police said he had either fallen, jumped, or been pushed from the hotel's 15th floor. The 20 to 30 year old male was never has never been identified. Um, February 19, 2013, a naked body of Lamb, uh, Alisa Lamb, a Canadian student, was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel roof. She had gone missing almost three weeks earlier on January 31, 2013. Her decomposing body was discovered by na- by an innate interpreter in one of the rooftop in one of the rooftop water tanks after guests had complained about low water pressure in the water that tasted funny. The they, fact that they kept I, drinking the fucking water just gets me, like... I know. Well, I mean, in out, like, in Transcona, we've uh, always had, like, weird-looking water, so... Yeah. I mean, but if it tasted weird, I would have drank it, but if it... I just boil it first, I guess? Yeah. But I don't know. But I don't know. I'm like, if anything tastes weird, don't eat it or drink it. Oh. What was that song when we were kids? Don't, Don't you put, put it in your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only me. one that knows that song. <laughs> like a muffin or a treat. <laughs> <laughs> like a muffin or a treat. Also, um, because I know they said, like, at least in the documentary, that it's, like, still kind of undetermined what happened to her. Yeah, um, video surveillance footage taken from inside the elevator shortly before her dis- disappearance showed her acting strangely, pressing multiple elevator buttons, hiding in the corner of the elevator, and waving her arms wildly, causing widespread speculation about the ca- cause of her death. After the elevator video was released, many theories uh, arose about Lamb's death. She was reported to have had bipolar disorder, for which she was prescribed various medications, which could have contributed to her death as well as her strange behavior in the elevator. Authorities later ruled Lamb's death as an accidental drowning. I think it was a murder. I I did a lot of I've I've done some more research on on her because when I looked up Cecil Hotel, I forgot that Elisa was the body that was found there. I just I I was just just thinking of American Horror Story. I was like, oh, hotel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was based off of a real place. So that's why I started doing this one. I'm like, oh yeah, this chick. So I looked at, um, sometimes I like to look at these YouTube videos where these people who study, uh, body language kind of break down everything. 
So he broke down how she entered the elevator and how she had like such a wide, like she had like a wide turn when she went to go press the button. Mm -hmm. So this person was like, well, she's definitely like pausing for time. Like she's, she doesn't have any care of where she's not in a rush to go anywhere. She's not freaking out about anything. Mm -hmm. She's just kind of, you know, just taking her time. Why else would you have your arm go way out this way and then twist and then she presses all of the buttons she's kind of like not really sure where she was staring at the buttons and then she pressed all of them Mm -hmm. and then uh he said if you can tell the bottom button um she's actually not even on the floor that she's supposed to be at they the video camera or the footage is actually floor seven when she was staying on floor five yeah so she was just going up and down in the elevators but yet the the hotel is not showing any other footage of how she got to this floor mm-hmm. there's no footage of the stairwells there's no footage of the hall you're telling me that she just showed up in this elevator also mm-hmm. another thing to note is that the the, the timestamp in the video is completely garbly goop yeah and it looks like something was cut out of it either for privacy reasons or whatever but it's hard to tell that anything has happened but anyway yeah. that's she strange. presses all of the buttons and it looks like she pressed the hold the door open button mm-hmm. so she, of course she stands back and she's and um, she's sta- she's just basically standing there, and she's just like waiting for the door to close. But you can tell that she's fixated on something outside, and she's staring. And like usually, you're not you're not just standing there and like looking around. Like usually, people who are waiting for the doors to close just look around, right? But she looked like she was like staring out at something. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she starts doing um, like a like a fight flight, and, and like oh yeah, <laughs> she go she goes out. And she quickly darts her head this way because she thinks mm-hmm. that she hears something. And then she looks back. And then she goes through the freeze, flight, and fight um, all in that time in the mm-hmm. elevator. And he explains, like, as you can see, her hands are now up to her head because she's lost and confused. Her hands are now by her side. And now her hands are up here. So, like, she's going, in his opinion, it sounded like she was going through a manic episode. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't... Um, she could have been hallucinating something that was there and it was freaking her out. Plus mm-hmm. the fact of the doors not closing like she was expecting it to kind of triggered a whole bunch of stuff. And maybe she did hear some voices outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like some, because hallucinations are not just visual. They're also auditory. Yeah. And they're yeah. thoughts in your head as well too. And I also didn't realize like I was reading up about um, bipolar disorder and how there are two types. And, yeah, I didn't even realize, like, some people now, like, think, like, bipolar is one of the, like, um, being a correction, but, like, not so serious mental health. Like, that's one of the ones people always I used to think like, that oh, too, I'm yeah. bipolar, bo- bo- lol. Like, yeah, it's no. It's so random. It's like, no, like, no, 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 part no. of being bipolar also involves, like, auditory and visual yeah, hallucinations. Yeah, it's the same, it's not the same as schizophrenia. Uh, but no, absolutely not. when you are in a manic episode because I, I found when I found out my mom has bipolar I started looking up into it and it really is you don't understand your own emotions like the emotions yeah. that you should be you should be elicit like Same externally with, showing yeah. are not the emotions that you are feeling well, yeah and like when I read about borderline personality disorder I started thinking that mine potentially has that just because I read that diagnosed. Yeah, because that could all be that could all be triggered yeah. from trauma too. A lot of people think that you're just yeah. born quote unquote broken, but I mean that could that bipolar, schizophrenia and stuff like that may be have like may have some genetics in them, but 
only you'll you if you have a family member who has schizophrenia you are ten percent sure uh likely to have it and um that can be triggered by any kind of stressful event that happens in your life so I mean if you try acid like that could trigger your your mental illness if you have an exam [laughs] that could trigger I've had I've had two people I know that their moms or family members have schizophrenia but then when they went to university they got or they had a death in the family um it just fucked up their entire chemistry because the trauma was so bad and the stress was so bad it opened up a door to the whoops [laughs] that's like why I feel like a lot of people don't really understand mental health like because like no literally anyone like it's not necessarily like you're born with it like even like with intergenerational trauma like it's like that it does alter your DNA like when your parent is dealing with trauma so yeah like Mhm like in my family there are some of us that are born with this well they say ADHD is usually because the mom was well not usually but if the mother is stressed during pregnancy usually that will trigger ADHD in the children well like my well like my siblings and I are all like uh neuro diverse we are not none of us like no one in my family is oh no nobody in my family is neurotypical
yeah, we sorry. can't. There's one more death. Do you want to hear about the one more death? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's just get this yeah, over with. Yeah, I cut you off. No, no, don't worry about it. Tangents. Tangents. Why y'all here, right? Um, okay, so June 13th, 2015, the body of a 20-year-old man was found outside the hotel. Some conjectures he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, although a spokesperson for the county coroner informed the Los Angeles Times that the cause of death had not been determined. Here's a theory that I want to put out there. What? Um, the hotel's taking souls, man. It just needs souls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like every year, every year, it just needs a soul, right? Like <laughs> it's like devil's playground. <laughs> oh, my oh my god, that reminds me of Idle Hands. Yeah. That movie was so good. It was good. Oh, okay. So I still have a little bit more. I'm gonna. I'll try and get through them as fast as I can. Do it faster. Just <laughs> kidding. Okay. In 2007, so this is now the history of the hotel. So in 2007, a portion of the hotel was refurbished uh, after new owners took over from there. In 2011, part of the Sousa Hotel was rebranded as Stay on Main with separate reception areas during the day. But it, but with shared facilities and its official website remained thesousahotel.com. In 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City's uh, hotelier Richard Bourne for $30 million, after which another New York-based uh, firm, New York-based firm, Simon Baron Development, acquired a 99-year grounds, such as the hotel's, whoa, 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 acquired a 99-year grounds, such as the hotel's grand lobby. I don't know what a 99-year ground, such 99-year ground is. Anyway. Um, but did his company plan to completely redevelop the interior and fix the hodgepodge work that had been done in more recent years? The hotel, uh, closed in 2017 for the resident renovation, but the work was suspended indefinitely when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Okay, so, from, from after Elisa Lamb's death, apparently people were flooding it with people wanting to be there, but then in 2000. 14, they want to refurbish it, and then 2015, a man was found outside, and then 2017, they decided to just close it. So, um, February in 2017, the Los Angeles City found a c- city council f- voted to deem the Sousa a historic cultural monument because it's because it is representative of the early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architecture body of work. So I don't I think that means it can never be. Broken down, demolished, broken down, broken. So, which I'm like, I don't know why they would want to keep it. Yeah, like I don't know, but But I guess I understand they wanted to keep um, monumental pieces of art, right? Like that makes it makes sense. But if the person's gonna re refurbish the entire thing, then what's the point of keeping it? Like, I know yeah. in, in Winnipeg, we have a lot of beautiful buildings. I don't know if you... Have you guys ever done Open Doors, Winnipeg? No. Okay, so in May, every year-ish, May 25th-ish, um, Winnipeg hosts Open Doors, and it's... I think it's free, or I think you go to one place, you get a wristband, and you can just go to, to old buildings across the city, and there'll be tour, tours there. So there's, like, an antique shop on Portage. There is the old um architect like library not the millennium library but like there's other places um distillery like patent five is one of those older buildings and they explained like the architecture of the building um i can't remember everywhere that i've been but there was uh 
he went to a couple places that one time and they just explained oh Stratton prison the prison mm. the prison on Vaughn Vaughn prison I think it was the it's literally never open to anybody to go in ever except for open doors hmm. I had I think I might have some pr- uh, pictures but yeah it's like old prison like I'm talking under the ship looking flat bar prison <laughs> bars and there's um uh, there's like a room where people used to just stay in and like this ho- this this kind of building was like prisoners um, who needed to be separated from the public would be in these rooms and then just prisoners who were just like whatever they all got to stay in one big room I don't know it was it was pretty cool it was a couple years ago so I tried finding like like spoopy ghost stories of the secret hotels but like literally nobody. I think because all the people that used to stay there were just kind of unseemingly people, so they didn't really document any kind of ghostly things, but yeah. um, this guy, Pete Monsingo, uh, a singer and content creator, moved to downtown LA a couple years ago because it was a, an up-and-coming area with lots of artists and creatives. He lives opposite of the Sisa Hotel, and he says he constantly sees shadows and doors closing on their own. So he, his room is like right across the street mm-hmm. and I've seen some videos of, of what he shows. Um, uh, he, he said he can feel the, like bad vibes from the place and also when walking by on the street. And this is of course after the hotel has been closed for three years. <laughs> At one point he saw a woman who looked like she was about to jump but it was an actress from Ghost Adventures. Um, he called the police because <laughs> he was like, Katie's, are you good? And she didn't really respond to him. So he was like, calling the police and then finds out that it's an actress. But he said that he didn't see any film crew go in. It didn't look like anyone was videotaping her. And, and she never even saw this lady leave the building. So maybe she left out the back. Weird. Mm. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a video of her standing in the window. Um... The weirdest thing that he has ever seen there is quite simply how different the hotel can be from one day to the next. He said there would be a door open one day and then shut the next. Sometimes I'll actually catch the doors closing by themselves. Lights on in one room and the next day they're not. I'll even notice a subtle difference in the curtains. Every couple of days I'll get on a TikTok live and show everyone. They usually take screenshots and compare the differences for themselves. The crazy part is that 99.9% of the time, I do not see anyone going in or out of the hotel, and I have never seen anybody in there with the exception of a couple of times. Despite the hotel being officially closed since Pete has been living opposite, he says he still feels the bad vibes from it. Uh, Quote, unquote, the doors are locked and there are bars on the front windows, so I haven't been able to go inside. However, I've explored all around it and there's definitely a creepy vibe radiating from this place. I'm not sure if it's because of its history or because it looks old and eerie, but before I knew about the history of the hotel, I would walk by it on the street and still get bad vibes. Pete said that lots of people think he must have he must live in Skid Row because of his proximity to the Cecil Hotel, but it's actually around two like the it's the Skid Row is actually like two blocks away. Mm-hmm. And he said he told the tab that it's exactly how it looks in the Netflix documentary, but there are a group of lofts and buildings in the area that are quite nice and people move there for the nightlife and the creative community. Um, and then he said downtown LA is definitely pricey because it's trendy right now. It's like a little mini New York. I remember the night I moved in, I saw on one side of the street people in suits waiting to get into their exclusive club, while on the other side working homeless people shooting up. 
it has definitely become gentrified by the homeless people to uh, go wherever they please. So it's an interesting mix. Um, since the Cecil is in the limelight, there are tourists here 24-7 now. It's kind of fun to make popcorn and watch as people scare their friends. <laughs> or I get my laser pointer light and mess with them, he said. Uh, Pete has managed to get right up and close and personal with the building and film right inside the windows. One of his TikTok videos gives a tool, tour all around the outside of the building, showing lights on inside, the fire escape, and the roof. People in the comments have said they can definitely see movement on the ninth floor window, despite the hotel being closed and empty. And then I said, oh, I think I might do an episode just dedicated to Elisa Lam, because mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's worth mentioning her story. Yeah. Because um, I, underst- I still don't understand how she could have been found naked. Yeah, see, where I think there was some foul play is, yeah, her being naked, which I mean, like, you can, I I mean, I've never, I have no experience with manic episodes, but I'm assuming if it gets bad enough, you would probably strip down. But I'm, like, getting into that water tank would be a lot of fucking work. Like, those lids are heavy as hell, man, like. Yeah, and I'm. I was thinking. Um, I mean, maybe I could be she wrong. just like she had. So, so my understanding with bipolar is that there's manic and depressive episodes. So, my uncle, my um, my biological father's brother, half brother, he has bipolar, and my mom has bipolar. So, from what I remember, how manic episodes were, and what I've seen is that they could be um, manic in a way of them being incredibly elated, happy. They think they can literally do. It's like being on coke. I've never been on coke, but... I was gonna say, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> but, like, you think that you can you can do anything. And yeah. Or, or you're highly strung out and, like, you're super angry and hostile. Like, you can just get super violent and angry for really no reason or very little reason. Mm-hmm. Or you think that you can do anything or you think that everything's a good a good time. Like, I remember when my, my mom had good manic episodes and she would be, like so focused on wanting to do an activity to the point where she wouldn't think of the full picture it was just it's just what is what is right here right right now like it's like it's like worse ADHD because I can get that way too but at least at some point I have something that stops me from going too far mm-hmm. but I think with bipolar there really isn't a wall to get hit on so and then of course depressive episodes will make you suicidal and depressed mm-hmm. I guess so mm-hmm. I mean it could uh oh she also had notes she wrote like a whole bunch of notes I'll have to look up uh because they found writings and stuff like that but when they did the autopsy on her they didn't find as much medication medication as she should have been on yeah. or what people thought that she that she was on so people thought that she was um intoxicated by something but she wasn't and she was also supposed to be on a whole bunch of medication, and, she and the autism was an autism. The autism. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the new name. Welcome to my autism. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she just wasn't on the medication she should have been, and that's yeah. really sad. Cause she's so young. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it's always sad when people are young. Like, it just it like with the the thesis and like the Vinci mm. thing. Like yeah, just how people think back through the cracks and then it just ruins it. Like, just like a really, really, really negative one of the youngest reasons why, like, I know people are like, well, like, this person's a monster. It's like, well, she also wasn't in, like, the 
Yeah, yeah, like, he wasn't, he wasn't, it's, it's to say that he wasn't himself, yeah. or how these people are just not themselves, is, like, it's, it's so hard, because we it's don't, it's an it's understatement, a, and, like, you, there really is no way, like, they went through, like, oppression, and, like, all of these racial issues, like, you can, you really can't understand the horror of the situation, Unless you're actually experiencing it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Who's ready for a nap? I already started a nap. <laughs> Is the <laughs> melanin still napping? Yeah, yeah, he's, he transitioned from two naps to one, so. Ugh, I hate when that happens. Yeah, so, I mean, now it's just keeping him up from 9.30 till at least 10.45. And, like, just trying to push it further as we go. I mean, set time is 5.30 until we can push his naps a bit further, and then well, hopefully he can stop waking up at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning. See, that's the thing. I was just like, oh, why do you, like, why does your kid go to bed so early? Like, because my, my kid, kid wakes wake, up early. My kid wakes up at 5 in what the morning. What am I supposed okay, to do? Am I supposed to just leave him in his bed to scream and cry? No, right? I like, can't do that. And you don't understand, like, and not all kids the same sleep cycle exactly so. oh god i really hope I as much as i really hated the fact that ronan doesn't right sleep i if my kid second kid doesn't have the same sleep pattern as the phone i'd be like i don't know when to put you down for nap bro <laughs> i think i've always just let drake just like sleep whenever he wanted yeah yeah especially with the first one i'm like I don't fucking know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, you want to sleep? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm doing. Oh, God, Runner would not sleep. I'm like, you're tired. He's screaming. He's. I'm so oh, the sad. fighting the naps is like the most frustrating yeah. thing. Be like, I can solve this problem yeah. for you. You can solve this problem for you. You're just refusing to. Oh, Ronan is awake. I can hear him. Still got a little baby crib. Um, but yeah. Oh, I guess we should end this. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for watching. Or sorry, listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're day. not on YouTube yet. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that yet. Um, if you would like to, if you are ever so inclined to check out our Patreon, uh, you can check out our Instagram. Um, all of our links are in the Instagram link in our bio. And um, we love you. Uh, what else do we have to add? I, I don't do this. Um, uh, sorry. My brain isn't working right now. Um, <laughs> any case suggestions, especially like spooky haunted places, um, you can send either a DM to our Instagram or send us an email at voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. I mean, my hands fart because I'm thinking that I wasn't as close as I was to the mic. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, our Instagram, we have Facebook, but I don't know if people use Facebook anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I heard that Instagram is only going to be doing videos or something. Yeah, I, I'm not happy about that. No, me neither. Um, but other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, get and vaccinated. Yeah, clean your assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.